0: Hello there, and you're very welcome along, Barry Abbreviated. This is a podcast talking all things news, random topics, and movies. Hope you're all keeping well. This week, it's just me, myself, and I. I was planning on doing this. I wasn't planning on doing this episode by myself, but just bad time management on my part has kind of led to this moment. Um, you may notice the uh, sound quality is a lot better this, this, this week. Uh, that is because um, the microphone that I ordered a few weeks back has now finally arrived, so... Yeah, I'm kind of getting grips to that, I actually recorded this entire episode just on a different format and it turns out I was using the microphone on my computer and not the mic that I bought, so that was 25 minutes of audio that is completely useless and you will not be hearing, so hopefully this episode runs a whole lot smoother given the fact that I've already done it. But actually speaking of this microphone, um, uh, I actually I can't believe how clear it is, um. I, I, like I bought a pop filter and everything for because you know when you're on Amazon and you get stuff then it like it advises you stuff that like could kinda go with something or related to it. So I thought yeah, pop filter, yeah, that'll be dead on. That'll be something that I will need and will hopefully help the audio go better. But little did I know there's one already built in. So if there's anyone who would like a pop filter for a microphone, please get in touch. I will give you a discounted price as I have one that is brand new lying at home. So, uh yeah. Um, originally this episode we we're just going to talk about the Mandalorian, but um, unfortunately the Mandalorian just isn't that Christmassy. And um, this week I also did um, watch Christmas movie called uh, The Holiday. Uh, I don't, I don't. I think that is a bit of a, a Christmas, uh Christmas movie favorite. I um I've never seen it myself. I have heard him um, Johnny Smacks off uh, the two Johnnies uh chatting about it all the time praising it and speaking his love for uh Jude Law and his eyes, which. I agree with Jude Law, he's a very handsome man. But um, yeah, uh, so yeah, Mandalorian is not very Christmassy, the holiday is, so we watched it in the past week and we will be getting into that right now. So um, the holiday, uh, I'm going straight, to straight out of the gate, I'm going to admit to it, the holiday, um, I wasn't a huge fan of this film after watching it. I will say it is easy watching, like um, when I did see it I couldn't, I, it was like there's room full of, well like housemates in it. They were there as well, and were chatting away at the same time. So, like, I can catch every word, but you can still kind of keep track of the story. It is very much a run of the mill rom com, and um, I've no, I've nothing against rom coms. Like, I would I would I would enjoy the odd rom com myself. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You with them um, Heath Ledger, like back in the early, late nineties. That that's one of my favorite films. I really like that one, but this one just didn't really sit right with me. Um, I do have a few problems with it, which I will get into later on, but. Yeah, I kind of feel like I can't really touch on my stuff without actually spoiling it, so I'll just straight up uh, tell you the plot now. So it's all about. Um, I'm going to start using the uh, actors' names, by the way. I'm not using the characters' names because I can't really remember them, and the people they are famous enough, so I think you'll feel you'll feel you'll be able to track along with it, hopefully. But um, it's all about these two main characters called uh, Kate Wins Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz. Now, uh, Kate Winslet is like an editor, uh, like in a newspaper. And she's been going out with this man for three years and all of a sudden it turns out that he's getting engaged to another worker in the office. So she isn't exactly too pleased about this so she decides to, she wants to get away. And in that there she signs up to do a house swap with Cameron Diaz who is a woman that works on making movie trailers. And um, her partner, like her boyfriend, he ends up cheating on her. So coincidentally, she also wants to get away, and then these two, they stumble across one another on a website, and they agree to do a house swap. So it kind of goes from there, both of them just trying to get a, a break away from their normal lives, and just from people in general. But as kind of with my problem with this film, well, especially the first men that they meet, they fall in love with, and it's kind of happily ever after from there. But um, yeah, that that's basically the plot. Uh, yeah. The girl starts to escape men. What does she do? Just fall right back in the arms of the first one she meets. So, um, yeah. Uh, What my thoughts on this film are... Is... Well, I didn't like kind of how the story was told. Because I thought... Because of the two main characters. I thought this would be split. Like kind of straight down the middle. But I felt that Cameron Diaz being the bigger star... um, She kind of got more of the... More screen time. And I kind of found her a story a bit boring. Like, well... As, gl- as lovely as Cameron Diaz probably is. um, I just didn't find her story entertaining. She's just... This woman wanted to get away from it all. And then the first man that she meets. happens to be Jude Law. And she's just head over heels in love with him. And it just kind of goes from there. Kind of showing their relationship. And um, then they throw a spanner into works with him. Jude Law actually having kids. Turns out he's a single dad. So she's all right okay with that. Like not like he's harboring a secret family away from her. But in like in contrast to that then kate winslet i kind of find her story really interesting but unfairly they just don't show as much of it because um she actually takes opportunity off her holiday to um like get a bit of a rest like i think it shows the first day like it's just midday and then she just goes right back to bed i was like ah at least this is a bit of honesty you know it's not just i'm gonna go out and look around me and see what the crack is and um anyway one kate winslet eventually does get that she finds some of like her neighbors in la because that's where Cameron Diaz is living and um like they're these old like one of the characters is an old person and they've just kind of lost touch with reality and um kit windows then takes it on her to like kind of reintroduce them and like kind of give them more of a social life which is actually really nice and um through that there then we hear of like their experiences and um like she learns a bit, or like the movie business from them, and just kind of how there it is. So it's actually, it's a really like I thought that was like a really nice twist. and you get to see these different people. It isn't just boy meets girl, fall in love that kind of story. But um, as I would have it, the first man she meets is Jack Black, and Jack Black isn't. Well, he doesn't. He's not his stereotypical role of just like kind of the, the guy that just loves rock and roll and like baggy t-shirts. And he's kind of quite refined in this one, which is nice. Although not quite the heights of his role in um, *Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle*. I really, I really enjoyed him that I thought he was quite funny, and um, it kind of goes from there. And then that's their kind of match. So yeah, I just felt they didn't really utilize the story properly. They, I think, I think they could have done a lot better in balancing it. And um, another thing I found it really interesting, just simply watching the um, opening, opening, cre- open credits. I was like, Hans Zimmer did the music for this? And for those who don't know Hans Zimmer, uh, Hans Zimmer is like a theatrical composer and he's kind of famous for doing these like big dramatic scenes. He'd be associated a lot with him, um, Christopher Nolan's films like um, Year of Dark Knight series, um, Inception, he did Tenet. He also did some music for um, Kung Fu Panda as well, *Ugwe's um, Legacy, that's a good one. So yeah, that's a fact for you, but um, I, I couldn't believe uh, He was like in a rom, he was like did a rom com. I didn't notice the soundtrack to stand out for any reason, but uh, it, 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 I, I really I I thought it was fun fun to just handsome a thrown in there for good measure, but uh, more into the things that I didn't like um, was actually some of the characters, which maybe is even credit to it because he's not supposed to be likable, but um, Jasper, the guy that had a case Winslet is supposed to be going it's going for three years that just randomly says, yeah, I'm getting engaged to this other doll. Um, he, like, leads her on so much and even when um, the girl is the girl he's getting married to, like, this is engaged and, like, he somehow tracks down where Casey Winslow is living in LA just to talk to her and he even chats to her on the phone, like, saying, like, oh, you, you understand me like nobody else, you know, and this kind of ugh, pub talk completely. So, um, he has, like, it was, I think they did, maybe they did a really good job in making characters so dislikeful, but like, I I just came over the fact that he led her on for three years. So I, thought, I was like, oh, that's unforgivable. That, and um, on on like kind of with their jobs, them being like a, a Kate Winslet working in like a newspaper, and also Jude Law. He was like an editor, and um, so I think he was an editor. We'll call it an Hellman ed- ed- editor anyway. But uh, he um, then um, like he talks in a very funny way. Uh, like just kind of going backwards the way of say in a sentence like not Yoda like literally talking backwards but just kind of a funny way of po- po- like wording things and like that's just something to me I was like it's unrealistic I was like nobody talks like that but I don't know Was that just trying to make the characterization just trying to make him just a scene a little bit more fancy and a bit, a bit more sophisticated but that just didn't work on me at all Um. So yeah that's kind of all my thoughts on the movie itself but there is one moment that I would like to talk about, um, which I clear that, I, that stuck out to me completely. I was like, this is just so wrong, and I cannot believe that nobody said stop this, can we rewrite this? But um, I'm talking about the first time when Cameron Diaz and Jude Law meet. So, I'll paint the scene for you here. Uh, Cameron Diaz, it's their first night staying in the cottage in England. And she's just in bed, and then she gets a knock on the door, and it turns out to be a very drunk Jude Law. And it turns out that Jude Law is brother to Kate Winslet in this film. And what he was looking to do was to get in to go to the toilet, so she lets him in anyway. And like she's like amazed, like oh geez, who is this man? This is the first man she's ever seen in England, I'm guessing. And like she's just besotted. She's like oh, he's so beautiful. And so she tries to like fix herself up and everything. So um. Then when he gets in, he's like, "Oh, would you like a wee drink or anything?" So then he asks for like whiskey or something, and like this man's already pissed. And then she just doesn't hesitate. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll get you some drink," and whatever. Like the sexual tension of the scene and everything, as one thing leads to another, they start kissing and everything. And then um, Cameron Diaz just breaks away from it, said, like, "Oh, I'm not very good at this," and like then Jude Law's like, "Oh, that's okay. I, like I I don't I don't mind. I'll I'll be nice with you and everything." And I just it just came across as very forced, like. A just really a terribly written scene and I couldn't believe I was watching this, I was like, how did this get past like the writers and even just the the crew itself did nobody think like, ah here, this is a bit weird. You know, um I I, I just I just I just I generally I genuinely can't can't believe that it's a scene in a film. Like this is a Hollywood film. You know? uh oh. anyway, um that's that's all I will say about um the holiday. It's the worst movie ever for me. I'm sorry if, and if that was their go-to Christmas film. But I'm sorry with Jude Law and his beautiful eyes. I'm sorry. It's, it's it's a no for me. I will never be watching that film ever again. Now, for a change in pace, uh, I'll be talking about The Mandalorian. Um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And I, when I seen the first season, I kind of really... Reignited my love for Star Wars, I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a really solid So It's just nice to see something in the Star Wars that's good, as well as the Clone Wars. And um, it really picks up from the story of following this man. It's kind of a sp- spaghetti western spin on Star Wars, with the Mandalorian just being this outlaw, cowboy kind of guy. Well, he's technically about 200, but we'll call it that. And um, his story basically follows... Him trying to get um, the wee green guy, Baby Yoda, to a Jedi Master, and that is where that is the general arc of this entire season. So, um, yeah, uh, I to tell you the plot. Well, there's like eight different episodes, and um, yesterday I did watch, like, um, IGN they do these series, well, not series episode. We like, there, I they tell their opinion of them and like the three of four minutes long but I should have taken notes on them because I can't really remember each episode from the next but I'll, I'll tell general general thoughts of where it from but basically um, we start off with uh, Mandalorian trying to find a Jedi for uh, Baby Yoda to um, or the child whatever you call it um, to get him a leader and um, from there it takes him on different places throughout the galaxy and that kind of um falls into how the episodes go with uh, you um, basically being told, okay, I'll give you what you want, but you got to go do this thing for me. And that's kind of how each episode goes. Like he has to go complete a task for someone and they'll then give him a wee hint to step closer. So it's kind of annoying like that, but it's the, the quality of the show is so good, you don't really even mind it. And by the end, he then, uh, Baby Yoda has his Jedi Master and, we all go away with tears in our eyes because it's a very emotional scene. So um, my thoughts on this series is that uh, even for a series, it, like I'm blown away by the the, the actual production quality of it because I think um, the Mandalorian is famous for its um, techniques as a like the big wraparound screen. If you know what I'm on about, it's like basically a, a screen that wraps around. That goes around the actor, and like you can, they can kind of see their environment. And this also lets the production team change the setting, and also like implant stuff on the day. Like they could add in an a mountain more in the background, just to kind of give them more free play. And it, I think, it also worked better in favor of the actor because they get to see um see what they're looking at basically instead of just a blue or a green screen. So from a production standard, it's unbelievable. That's a TV show, kind of like Game of Thrones. Only this one's like all in a studio, but it's movie quality. And um, if you are a Star Wars fan, this film is just, pa- not film, a series is packed to the rafters with references, Easter eggs, and just wee throwbacks. So um, like you get to see X-Wings, Sokotano, who I will get back to, um, bo uh, Boba Fett, um, there's definitely more out there. I just can't think of them at the moment, but it's absolutely incredible because um sometimes people do say it kind of relies on that to, like, make the experience more enjoyable, which I can see. Like, that, that's totally fair, but I feel it kind of uses that and it kind of builds on that in a way, which I thought was really great. And one of the great things in showing all these... Uh, we like Easter eggs, and, like, they do... Like, Kind of a great introduction with them and with one of them was like the characters because um boba fett like of course the bounty hunter from the original trilogy but um the general thoughts on him is that he's a bit of a goof he's a bit of a joke um boba fett hasn't really done anything fantastic on screen he's he's always like kind of stumbling out. he looks cool but that's about the height of his powers because um if you remember at the end of Return of the Jedi, he falls into a Silac pit and gets eaten. We don't know how he gets out. There is a comic on that where he does kind of cut himself loose and there's like a mental battle with a Silac, but um, that's all my knowledge on that, but so I won't go any more into that. But um he's basically he's a bit of a he's a bit of a goof because he never actually does anything fantastic in the um film as well as like a Django Fett. He doesn't do anything great in the when he is in Attack of the Clones. And, um, but they basically bust that theory wide open, like, um, when he enters, when in his episode, when he gets his armor, he just slays all around him, and he looks so cool doing it as well, and I also love the fact that, um, he, when he does get his armor, he does repaint it, and it, it looks really good, and he does keep the wee dent in, like, the left temple of the helmet, so it's it's very cool like that, and especially, I think, for, um, people that like the character as well, if they were, like, trying to remake the armor, they don't have to try and tarnish it the way the original one is where it's all tattered. It's like kind of nice, cool um, and plain green. Uh, on to another character that got introduced for the first time in live action, Sokotano. and And I've got to say, I absolutely loved her intro. We did know she was coming this season. We didn't know when. And um, the episode where she did come in, like, I had stayed off the internet, so I didn't know what, what to expect or when she would appear on screen. But I do remember the moment because I was sitting back just watching TV and then um, when you just seen the two lightsabers you just sat forward straight away, just your head was like, you might have been paying attention before, but this time you were paying just about a double. And um, I felt really, she's really great about life. Some people have arguments saying like like inaccuracies about like the tentacle things on her head not being long enough. But I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was pretty perfect for what it was. And um, I really enjoyed her. I thought she was she connected really well. I especially loved how she could connect with Baby Yoda, and actually turned out that his name is Grogu. So yeah, and I thought, I especially loved the part after that. Then because the Mandalorian, he then just starts calling him Grogu just for the sake of seeing him respond to his own name, which is I thought this was a really cute moment. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, Sogotano. a really good, really good episode with her. The dual lightsaber is very cool. Um, I wasn't expecting to see her later on. I kind of thought they. Had her introduced her, we all seen her and now she's obviously getting a spin-off, so we'll kinda see how that's going with them um, her looking after Thrawn. That's um he can he's a baddie in Rebels. Haven't seen Rebels, but I will probably get round to it. Uh, they actually and they actually they reprised uh Rules, and and that's actually uh, Bill Burr. He appeared in the first season as like a as a dodgy character who's trying to get a one of his crew members off like a jail space on a spaceship. But um, I really, I really, actually really liked him in this season. Last season I didn't really care for him. I know it's a comedian and all that, and but I didn't like to find his character really engaging and I just, I thought he was a bit horrible. But I really loved how they kind of really humanised him in this one and the kind of the whole thread, how much he hated the Empire and um, he ends up sh- making, he's actually part of one of my favorite personal favourite episodes where it really um, strips back everyone from the Mandalorian because he's not wearing the armour, which I will get to later. But uh, yeah, I really I thought Bilbo really stood out as a really, really humanised character, which I think the series could use more of instead of just these iconic characters, just someone very normal, very grounded. But yeah, I really liked him. And one of the last characters that they brought back into was um, Bo-Katan. And um, she kind of came late into the game in Clone Wars. And like she, I didn't have like, a huge impression from her, but um, she was a bit of a ruthless killer. That's what I thought. Uh, apparently she's more in Rebels. But, um, yeah, um, I don't have a huge thoughts on her. Like, I don't, I think she's an iconic character. Like, looks cool odd there, but I have nothing major to say about her. But one thing that uh, stood out to me Her was the whole moment in the very last episode where she won't take the Darksaber, which makes absolutely no sense. It's the one thing she's been after the whole time. It's, and it's literally been handed to her on a plate. And it has been pointed out to me that in The Rebels... She takes the darksaber off like one of her friends and they just give it to her and that's dead on. But the whole fuss about it in The Mandalorian is that the fact that she did not win it, that you need to actually earn off your opponent to actually say that you're the rightful owner. So I'm guessing that's something they're hoping to build on for the next season where like the Mandalorian will probably have to fight Bo-Katan because he is now apparently the ruler of Mandalore because he wields the darksaber. So, yeah, that's kind of, like, positives. Um, Negatives are few and far between. I'll just, kind of touch on them briefly as I can, as I know I'm 20 minutes is a long time just to hear the one person just rambling on. But uh, one thing I do not like about The Mandalorian is his actual armor. Like, hey, it looks cool, but it's overpowered. Uh, The man can take shots straight to the face, and even from the dark troopers, they can just bash him in the head, but he's dead on. Maybe, maybe, it might be too comfortable in there, but it, the armor can take anything and it kind of takes a lot of weight away from any danger. It's like uh, the one, the, in the very first episode when he gets inside like the sand dragon thing, he goes inside it like it actually, like it actually eats him, swallows him and then that's just a bomb and he's dead on just because his armor is that powerful. You know, like I feel that takes it away and that's kind of what I bring back to the episode with Bill Burr where he has to strip down off the armor you just get more inventive and kind of use more fighting style, like, like I felt there was more at stake that way. And uh, another the thing that they built towards as well was a um, Moth Gideon being the big bad. And um, uh, I thought he kind of probably looked a bit more, kind of maybe a bit like a uh, Mandalorian armor, it looked cool, but when he went into it, it's just not that great because he didn't really have much of a plan when he did when he was confronted by the Mandalorian, which literally just fight him and he ended up losing. And then his next option was basically. Okay, I'm gonna kill myself, which is not a great plan. So, uh, yeah, a bit. It felt it fell a bit down that way, and I felt that the story fell down another way. It was just basically the formulaic episodes of just constant side quest just to try and get back to the main one, which wasn't all that great. I still, I still overall, I did enjoy the series. I probably would give us a best series ever. First time doing is probably. Yeah, best series, best series ever. Yeah, that sounds about right. And um, I was just thinking then, like, where can it go from this? And I'm thinking it, it probably will. I'll probably focus more on Mandalore with um, Man, the Mandalorian now wielding the Darksaber, him being the ruler. Probably will focus more on that because he doesn't really know much about kind of where he grew up and, like, he he kind of thought that he was a good guy. And then um, Bogatan points out, like, you're actually, you grew up part of a cult. Like, you're this. You know this. You this horrible cult. You might not just realize your history. So we might go into more about that because um obviously Grogu is gone and um yeah oh actually on Grogu being gone um the surprise appearance of Luke Skywalker um the the Jedi that they all talked about that um, Ahsoka said who will have to train uh, Grogu and I know there was a lot of speculation myself I wasn't too sure I was aware that there was like a few um. Jedi from star wars games as well as ones from rebels that could appear but um i know i know myself and then people are saying maybe actually soko could turn up herself again but probably not but i'm actually quite happy that it was luke skywalker i thought it was very cool to actually see him kind of mowing down people obviously it was like a parallel to Darth vader in rogue one which is, is one of my favorite star wars films i know controversial because it's very slow but I, I i think it's great so yeah that's kind of all my thoughts on the mandalorian And that is it for this week's episode during the holiday season. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can reach me on Instagram at barryabreviated or if email is more your thing, you can get me at BarryAbbreviated at gmail.com. I'd like to thank Rob for always putting these up and also like thank you along for listening at home or wherever you are in the world. And I'd actually like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays depending on your beliefs. And this has been Barry Abbreviated. Till next week, uh, have a good one, folks.